What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life is Blind. I'm Bridget Thornberry, and I want to apologize for taking so long to make another episode. I've just been doing so much stuff, a lot of events that came up. I had my niece's birthday, then went camping, and then trying to get ready for school. It's just been chaotic right now, so I'm sorry. I'm going to try to do better at uh, making these episodes on a schedule on the same day. I haven't decided what day. Um, I'll have to see when school starts, what days I'll have available to, you know, put these together and and whatnot. So, you know, stay tuned for those. Um, I just wanted to jump on here and kind of just talk about what's been going on. Um, you know, uh, apart from, a lot of family events going on and getting ready for school. I've been doing a lot of classes with uh, Society for the Blind. Shout out to them for this video. Um, they're a really good organization for anybody dealing with blindness. Um, whether you're fully blind, partially blind, it doesn't matter what part of your blind journey that you're in. They're a great organization that help you out with learning how to be a blind person, basically, learning how to use a computer learning how to do life skills so that you can live an independent life as much as you can. Obviously, if you can't drive, they're not going to have you driving, but um, teach you how to get around and all that. So I've been um, doing that last few weeks, last couple weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. Time's been just going by. So, um, yeah, so uh, I got a couple of things coming up. I got my other niece's birthday party this Saturday. My mom's going to be out of town. She's going to Hawaii with my uncle and stuff. So um, I'll be home pretty much by myself this weekend. Um, maybe my sisters might come stay with me for a while because I might need somebody to drive me around, but we'll see. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I got that. And then starting school the next week after that, which I need to start getting myself on a new schedule because this summer I've been just going to sleep at 2 a.m. and waking up whenever. But I definitely need to get myself on a new schedule so that I can, you know, do good in school because I don't want to waste no more time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to hop on here and talk to you guys a little bit. Um, maybe I'll just do a little backstory how I became blind since I brought up Society for the Blind. Um, so I could give some of you guys a little insight to how that happened to me. <clears throat> um, when I was 18 years old, I started coming to school um, with this just haze over my eye. I was really like, it was cloudy. My eyes were bloodshot red. I was sensitive to the light. All my teachers thought I was smoking weed or something or that I must have been high or something else. I don't know why they thought that, but um, turns out I went to the doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, so they did a bunch of tests. I had a spinal tap done, and I want to say after high school, after I graduated, or maybe it was during when I graduated, uh, during high school, still my senior year, um, they found, they diagnosed me with this uh, disease called VKH is the short VKH syndrome or Voxed Koryagi Harada syndrome. It's a rare disease that attacks your nervous system and mainly gives you uveitis is the main uh, symptom of it. And so 
once they diagnosed me, they got me on prednisone, everything, eye drops, um, injections into my eye, oral prednisone, um, just trying to get inflammation. They saw a lot of inflammation in my eyes and um, it was just causing a lot of fuzziness and all, whatnot. And <clears throat> the the prednisone worked for a while. I mean, it, it worked for a, a decent amount of time. And then I went into college. I was there for like two or three semesters. And again, my eyes started kind of going bad again. And so I went back to the doctor and they said that my um, eyes were developing cataracts. And what cataracts is for some of you that don't really know what it is, is <clears throat> in your in the front of your eye, in front of your pupil, you have a lens that helps your eyes focus from from long distance and, you know, then back to close up. And it just helps you your eyes focus on something. And what mine's mine, uh, what cataracts is, I'm sorry, <laughs> what cataracts is, is that lens gets stuck to your pupil, which is not good. It shouldn't be getting stuck to the pupil. It should have like, you know, a little bit of space in between. And mine was getting stuck. So they decided to remove the cataracts. And typically, uh, people would get an artificial lens put in, but I couldn't do that because of my condition. And it would just get stuck again so they didn't do that <clears throat> so they just took it out um i ended up wearing these big coke bottle glasses um and it was fine for a while and then i got my contacts and that made life so much better i wasn't so self-conscious of my big coke bottles and then um i was fine for a long time very long time uh, i my inflammation did go up and down over the years where they had to mess with my medicine a little bit and either put me on more prednisone or less prednisone, but it eventually got to a point where it was stable enough to take me off of steroids because you're not supposed to be on steroids for a long period of time. And so they took, they got to a point where I was able to get off of the steroids and transition into something, a different kind of combination of medicines. And what they decided to put me on was a combination of methotrexate and Humira injections, which the combination of the two, they're both uh, immunosuppressants and they're both anti-inflammatory anti medicines. So those are supposed to help. <clears throat> those also come with some risks too. So one of the, you know, with prednisone, um, steroids, there's some risks, you know, you have no immune system, you, you get bloated a lot, you you blow up so much was one thing I really hated. And then with the other medicine, like methotrexate affects your liver. So yeah, you can't drink. Um, and hum I don't know if it's Humira or methotrexate or both. Uh, you're not supposed to get pregnant on it, which I kept telling the doctor, nope, there's no problem with that because I'm a lesbian, but they still were like adamant about it, which was pretty funny. But um yeah, so I was on those two. I guess it's supposed to be healthier than prednisone, even though it has those risks. So they got me on those, and I got on that. So um, after I got on those, I had to check my liver regularly and make sure that the function was doing okay. And I had some times where it went up, and then sometimes it was fine. And then last year, I went to have my blood work done, and my liver function was bad and it was, it stayed, it continued to be bad at every blood work. And so they had to take me off of my methotrexate and just to be safe, you know, cause we don't want no issues with my liver. 
And so they took me off of that. And so I was just relying on the Humira. And then I think they put me back on uh, prednisone drops. It's just, it's not as bad as the oral prednisone because at least it's just going into the eye and it's not, I'm not having to die, um, you know, digest it basically. And so being off the methotrexate, I don't know if this is what caused it, but at some point uh, about August of last year, so about exactly a year ago, exactly like around a year ago this month, is when I started seeing this little, it started off like a medium size black dot. And I've had black floaters over the years, super tiny. I mean, they look like little bugs, but this black dot that I had in my eye was so like different. I noticed it right away. It was different. It was not the same. It didn't, it didn't behave the same like other floaters that I've had. And it was scary. And I went into the doctor <clears throat> and I think that they couldn't see because the inflammation was so bad. Oh, and by the way, this was in my right eye. I'm sorry. I forgot that detail. This was in my right eye. The black dot was in my right eye. And, you know, they at first they couldn't see anything because it was so inflamed. So they had to get the inflammation down a bit. I had to go in and have a infusion of prednisone for an hour for three days in a row. And, of course, that made me bloat up again and... uh I was moody and all that. that was another, that's another side effect of steroids, if you don't know. <laughs> um, that's why they call it roid rage. Um, but it's not the same steroids as that they take. But, um, yeah, so I had this black dot. They had to get the inflammation down. They got the inflammation down, and they noticed that the retina was torn. And so they, with, with torn retinas, you have to get in there pretty quickly. You have a small window of time to fix it, reattach it. Otherwise it is permanent. And so they got me in like a couple weeks later. I must've been the end of August because I had my surgery. September 17th was the when I had my surgery and <clears throat> I had to have my first COVID test done, which was not a pleasant experience. If anyone's ever gotten a COVID test done, you know, it's not the best feeling ever, but I had to do it. So and so they had the surgery, they, you know, scheduled me for the surgery <clears throat> and, you know, there was a whole bunch of, um, you know, things I had to do before and after it was completely different than the cataract surgery because with the cataract surgery, they didn't put me completely under anesthesia. They gave me like some type of cocktail and they, um, you know, I was pretty much awake for it, but I wasn't awake for it. Like I was super high basically, but in this surgery I was being put under, I had to, you know, had to have be intubated and everything like the whole shebang. And this was my first surgery I've ever had in my life. So I was pretty scared. My anxiety was through the roof. And then my doctor tells me that after the surgery, I have to lay face down for a whole entire week without you know, I have to sleep on my stomach. I have to sit. I, I had to buy a massage chair and sit in that during the day. And <clears throat> I was nervous about it because I'm like, how does anybody sit face down for a whole entire week? Like you can't do anything. I mean, the only times that they said I could get up was to eat and to take showers. And that was it. There was no, like, I couldn't be 
I couldn't be up any other time. And so surgery day came, my mom took me and I was so nervous. And then they gave, they started to put me under. And I remember this feeling when they started to put me under, I started to panic and I started to feel like I couldn't breathe. And I guess that's why they intubate you because um, you know, you can't really breathe on your own very much when you're under because you're not awake to tell, remind yourself to breathe. But I started panicking. I grabbed the per anesthesia's arm. I said, I can't breathe. And they're like, nope, you could breathe. Just, you know, but the best way I can describe is I felt like a fish out of water. Like I felt like, I don't know if you've ever roll, uh, rode on a roller, uh, like a drop zone roller coaster. And that second when it drops and you can't even breathe, you can't scream or anything. That's what I felt. And I was like, oh, no. I mean, but they got me down. They got me under. <clears throat> and I woke up. I did my week. It was horrible. My back and my neck were in so much pain. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And, you know, I was just hoping and praying that it worked. And I had my post-op appointment after that, and they said it was fine. Um, the retina was attached as it seemed. Then the next appointment after that, my retina, oops, sorry, let me put that on silent. My retina was detached again. So the, the surgery didn't take, which online it says that it's possible that a first surgery might not take, and to just try again. And um, they did an oil the first time. I mean, a gas. They did a gas the first time. So there's two ways. There's a lot of different kinds of surgeries to reattach a retina. But um, they use a gas or an oil. And then there's, I think there's other ways. But we just, we did this way and we used the gas. And then it didn't work. So we tried again, but we did an oil. And for the second surgery, I went in. And since I knew that at least, you know, my anxiety was going to be really extremely high. I let things uh, nurses know like, Hey, my anxiety is high. I didn't have a good experience the first time. So they gave me some type of cocktail to keep me relaxed. And I was pretty much relaxed. Uh, you know, I don't even remember going into the operating room like I did last time. And, um, so they, they did the surgery, did my face down again. And, you know, a week later, I, I mean, I had my post-op the next day, everything was fine. And then a week later, I had my appointment again. And once again, my retina detached, the surgery did not take. And so <clears throat> my doctor gave me an option to, you know, either try one more time, do a Hail Mary and try one more time, or to just leave it and then just call it a loss and then, you know, move forward. And, um, I was like, but the oil's still in there. Right. Cause like they put an oil, they don't take it out, you know? So I was like, so do we take the oil out or do we leave it in? And she was like, well, it's up, it's completely up to you. So I told her, I was like, let's take the oil out. I don't want to, I don't want to keep it in because I feel like it might cause problems. And, you know, sure enough, before my, my third surgery, my eye pressure went up and I think it was because of the oil being stuck in there. And I went ended up in the hospital. Um, but, uh, that was, you know, another story. Well, not another story, but it's not really interesting. I just went to the hospital. They gave me eye drops to bring the pressure down, but you know, um, but my third, so my third surgery, 
I said, can we just take the oil out? I don't want to leave it in there. I don't want my eye pressure to keep going up because it just bothers me too much. And I'm going to still try to go to school and I don't want to be having these headaches and feeling nauseous and stuff. So she said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll t uh, schedule surgery to take it out. And so <clears throat> we scheduled the surgery, had my post-op, uh, pre-op appointments and all that and did the whole shebang. And when I went in there and told them about my anxiety again, they all like were like confused. They couldn't find it in my chart, what they gave me last time. So I basically had to just do this one like, like how I did the first one. And I was like having so much anxiety and they kept telling me I need to calm down. And my, my blood pressure was too high. They couldn't, they couldn't put me under and I don't know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, they did the surgery. And after the surgery, my doctor came into my room and said, Hey, I know that we said that we were going to do this, but, um, I've, I feel like we should try one. I felt like we should try one more time. I saw a window. And so I just put a new oil in and attempted to reattach it again. And, you know, she <clears throat> basically, that was that. And I was like, Oh, all right. I mean, that's not what we talked about, but it's okay. You know, I trust my doctor. She's a cool, she's a cool doctor. Her name's Dr. Maja Hetty at Kaiser and she's a really cool doctor. She's super nice and super funny. And we just chit chat sometimes when in the office and <clears throat> every time that I have something a, a, like an issue, she, you know, gets me into her schedule the next day. Like if there's something wrong that I don't feel right about one of my eyes, like they, she's always been cool. So I trust her and, you know, I was like, all right, Hail Mary, here we go. And, uh, it uh failed once again um and after that i just decided you know enough's enough we both me and my doctor both decided enough was enough and we weren't going to go through that anymore and we we're just going to leave the oil in she said it's not causing any problems right now if it does then we'll we'll hit that when we hit that but you know we decided not to go through with the, another surgery and that's how i lost my sight and my right eye and it's been an up, up and downhill battle. Uh, some days I'm okay with it. And some days I'm not so okay with it. You know, um, there's things that I miss a lot. Like driving is the biggest number one thing that I miss so much is driving myself around and driving myself to my, to do my own errands and do my own appointments and all that. And so that has been, has been the biggest number one loss of my sight being gone and trying to live my life after. And I think everybody is, you know, at different, you know, they'll be at different acceptance stages and I'm still fairly fresh. So I'm still <clears throat> getting through the fact that I'm not going to see in that eye ever again. And I'm trying to get through the fact that, you know, this is my life. But it does get overwhelming sometimes, and it does get hard sometimes. And, you know, my family tries to be understanding as much as they can. But, of course, it still gets frustrating sometimes for me because, you know, they're not me. They don't know what I'm going through because they have both their eyes, you know. They can see. So sometimes, like, I feel, you know, left out sometimes. And sometimes I feel like a burden to people like they can't do something because I can't see or they have to hold like 
um, walk slower because I need someone to hold me during in the uh, in the middle of the night when we're walking around or something, you know. So it does get tough. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still going through it, but I'm doing the best I can. You know, I've joined um, a support group with Society for the Blind, and we all talk about different things and different things that we're dealing with. Um, I talk a lot to my therapist, who I've seen before this, way before I lost my sight in that eye, but. Um, and it helps to talk about it and it helps to kind of get it out, even if no one's listening or even if like, you know, you don't think that people care. Like sometimes it's good to just say it and to just get it out. But, oh man, I, um, definitely feel like I have a long way to go on this journey. I have a long way to go in my healing, I guess, because I'm kind of grieving a loss, you know, I'm grieving a loss of my sight. I'm grieving a lot. And what made things even harder is when I was going through all this last year in August and September and October, I was still in school and I did school. I was taking three classes in that semester and I was still doing that cl- those classes during during all these surgeries and one of the class I did have to take an imp- incomplete but the other two classes I passed with A's and the usually you have a whole year to do an incomplete class but I finished that class the next semester cuz I didn't have a year not because of that incomplete rule but I was planning on graduating the next semester. So I needed, for me, I needed to finish it the next semester. And that next semester, I didn't even have time to like process all this. I had to jump right back into classes again. And I think being in classes in the beginning of this year, it helped keep my mind off of it. So it kind of like distracted me in a way and didn't allow me to get through the tough time of oh shit, this just happened. This is happening to me. Oh shit. I can't see out of this eye anymore. Oh shit. I have to learn all this stuff now. Like I'm now this summer, it's been hitting me harder because I haven't really, I haven't, I took the summer off from school, so I don't have anything to keep me occupied. Um, but like I said, society is a great organization. They have been awesome and they've been helping me and they're all pretty cool people. And um, the instructors, they are all nice and shout out to Brandy. Cause she's my, she's like one of my instructors and she's really cool. And Sam's cool too. I like her too. We, we talk about a lot and you know, they listen to you sometimes. Like if you're having a bad day and you don't feel like learning that day about something like they'll sit and they just like talk to you about it, you know, like, Oh, like what's going on. And then like, you know, you could just vent out to them and then they're super nice. And Sam is the one who um, introduced me to the support group and she actually runs the support group. So that's been cool too. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're going through something like this, if you're, you know, whether you're dealing with a loss of vision, loss of a limb, a loss of a person, a loss of anything, I think support groups are definitely a place that you can go to. I never went to one before. Um, but I've always heard good things about them and I definitely recommend them if you're going through something hard and you really don't know what to do or you don't know how to say things because hearing other people talk about something similar, it helps you basically like, it helps you 
realize what you're feeling basically and it helps relate to other people and it helps to talk to people who understand because I can talk to my family and they're pretty you know considerate to an extent but like I said before they don't really understand what I'm going through because they're not going through it so to be around people or talk to people who are going through the same thing that you are it's it is refreshing and granted I'm probably the newest blind person so that is intimidating for me because I feel like they're kind of used to it in a way and they've kind of come to come to grips with their blindness and they're kind of okay with it but I'm so nowhere near okay with mine yet I mean I can put on a a brave face to some people and I on a good day I'm fine with it and I can make jokes about it but I do have my dark days where I just want to lay in bed and I don't feel like getting out I don't feel like going anywhere I don't like feel like seeing anybody and you know I those days are a lot right now and they're draining. And I think that's another reason why it took me so long to make another post. But, you know, I just wanted it to be out there and um, explain to you guys about why or how I shall I say how I became blind and to just give you that backstory for now. If it was boring, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to try not to do too many deep story long story times but I do try to you know make things fun and make things you know cool in a way but I just want to let you guys know about my backstory of how I became blind so that if it ever comes out you know that question comes up later people can refer to this video and if you have any questions and if I didn't explain things right or if I wasn't clear enough then don't hesitate to like hit me up anywhere and, you know, ask me those questions and I, I don't mind answering them and I, I'll answer them the best that I can and I'll be as honest as I can. If something makes me feel uncomfortable, I probably will still tell you to be honest because <clears throat> I know that people just want to know and they want to be educated and I feel like making people educated or helping people get educated is more important than me being comfortable and I know that's kind of weird to say, but that's just that's just how I feel about it. And if you wanna if you do wanna um ask me any questions about my blindness or ask me any questions about me or if you, if there's any topics you want me to talk about, you can uh d uh private message me or DM me on Instagram and follow me on there. Um my profile is it's period be nasty or just look me up Bridget Thornberry. I should pop up on there too. Um but yeah, I just wanted to come on here and do this little podcast and just explain this in this episode of how I became blind. And yeah, I'm going to do my best to do all these podcasts on a specific day, maybe not a specific time, but again, I'm still new to this and I'm still doing the best I can on trying to get used to it and coming up with topics. I, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to come up with to- of topics to talk about. And so, like, I don't want to just ramble on about random shit. So, you know, I'm going to try to do better. And I promise you guys, if you made it this far in the video, I just want to promise you it's not going to always be this deep. It's not going to always be this long. Or maybe it might be longer if I have a if I have a guest on. But, you know, it won't just be a story. I promise you. I'm going to try to make it fun. I'm going to try to make it funny. And, you know, 
talk about some cool stuff and talk about interesting stuff. So, um, yeah. Anyways, if you want to talk about something specific, let me know. If you want more information about Society for the Blind, um, you know, just look them up on on the internet, or you can um, DM me as well if you have any more questions about them, and I'll try to answer it, or at least give you the number to someone who can answer those questions, or a great organization. If you know someone who's recently blind, or if you are struggling with blindness yourself, they are a great organization, especially if you are a student, and you're working to try to, to for an educational goal, and, or a career goal. They're a super good organization. They help out so much. This desk that I'm, um, doing all this on they bought this desk for me they're so cool they're so nice and i recommend them 100 percent. so check them out and if anyone has any suggestions on how i can make my podcast better if i'm doing something if you have any tips or advice or suggestions just let me know too i'm definitely down for any type of um advice anyone has to give me so yeah if you have anything to say and help me out to make these better, that'd be great. So I just want to thank you guys again for listening. It means a lot. Until next time, we out.